Okay, I can hear you now. Oh, there we go. All right. Hey, man, I'm Jaime. Good to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, so uh, this is kind of new. It's kind of out of the blue for me, but I'm really excited about it. I, I really wanted to talk to you because I haven't had anyone who's kind of in your wheelhouse just yet in terms of like comic books and stuff like that. So to begin, <laughs> what are you all about? Can we start there? Uh, all right. My name's uh, DeAndre Ellis, but you could call me Dre. Um, uh, my music stage name is Dre Fire, so that's what I really go by. Uh, so like I, uh, I'm from East St. Louis, uh, right across from St. Louis. I'm 32. Uh, I'm, I'm into mu music. Like I said, I produce. I make clothes. Uh, I write songs. I make my own songs. Uh, I uh, stopped music for a while to study film for four years, self-taught. Nice. Like, um, so I can write my own films. Mm -hmm. and, um, got me a camera and then some just hit me like, well, make those scripts into comic books. And like mm -hmm. uh, this year, I just got into comic books. Okay. All right. So you're you're kind of bringing a lot of different perspectives into into the comic books. Why comic books? Do you think? What do you like about comic books? Uh, they're like mini movies. <laughs> yeah, and I know I know like real comic book artists or like people uh, have different stuff to say. Like, no, they're not whatever you want them to make, but. I'm I'm just here to break break rules like like I don't want to follow I don't want to follow the book like because when you think about when the first people started of doing this they didn't have nobody to look up to mm. right so they just made their own rules up <laughs> yeah and everybody's yeah. following those rules now you feel what I'm saying so yeah. like that that's what I'm do, do, doing like now we're stuck in this like I would say like uh my, my mindset that like we following these like comic book slave rules type mm -hmm. that that's what i'm gonna call them yeah. and, and, and like we we gotta conform to this idea that this is what we have to do to make comics like y'all can follow the, the the blueprint but the rest is freeform right right you just so gotta like, let it be right you can't force one person to tell their story in the way that that the establishment or Maybe like what's accepted, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm really excited about the project because I saw your Kickstarter and it looks pretty badass. And I want to talk to you about that for in, in just a little bit. But I wanted to ask you, like out of all the things that you've been experiencing and experimenting with, how did this start for you? Like what was the, the initial creative thing that made you want to go like when you were younger, this is what I want to do or I want to express or I want to be creative in my life? When I was in school, um, when I was in high school, I was a freshman and like, well, before a freshman too, like I was doing music, I was rapping and stuff. And like, um, I just wanted to, I don't know. I would listen to like, you know, Eminem and Dr. Dre them and just like uh -huh. practice day stuff and actually know they stuff. So I'll be like, well, <laughs> I can make my own stuff now. Yeah. Like, and, and like, that's what interests me. Just creating some best minds. Mm -hmm. And I just started making mu music. And I've been making music longer than anything mm -hmm. I've been doing now. So like, um, just, I guess, tell my own story in my own way. Yeah. Even if like, it's a weird way. I, I rap weird and I talk about weird stuff. They're like, Whoa. <laughs> what do you mean weird? Like you, you got to give me so like uh, define weird like, for me. Like almost like, okay, I got this song called I'm believing time. 
And like, it's almost feels like a Matrix-y song. You feel Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you listen to it, it it, it sounds very unconventional. Like, Uh it it doesn't sound like a song you would hear on the radio or or anything. Right. So it would sound very alternative, very, Mm -hmm. very experimental. So like, that's why I'm saying, like, a lot of my music, I can make music that can go on the radio, but like, I dwell in the alternative experimental rap Mm-hmm. Uh, experimental R&B type like almost like I would say I'm a mixture of Kanye and uh, Bon Iver or something okay yeah so it it's like taking a couple of pieces of things that really work for you and creating something completely different something that hasn't been seen before there that's pretty awesome yeah. man um, when you were doing film stuff um, what what was it from rap or from from writing songs that was able to translate over to making movies or or making your own stuff? Like, do you think that there's something that connects the two for you? Yeah, uh, I feel like the dialogue and like visualizing things, and it made it easier for me to write scripts and stuff because I was already doing that, but I was pretty much making songs. Mm-hmm. So like when you made songs, you had to let people see what you saw in a way. Mm-hmm. So like not now I'm writing scripts. It's almost like it transferred over. And now it's like way more poetic too when mm-hmm. I write scripts, because yeah. like I'm, I'm using how I write songs to write certain dialogue in a certain way. Yeah. And like, like it makes it like, I guess more alive almost uh-huh. like, like it's almost like I'm not trying, but like I, I do try, but like it just comes out sometimes be, be, because that's how I did it with the music. I would wave mm-hmm. on it and, right. and it would flow out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's exciting. I, I think about this because I, uh, I, my, my initial thing that I wanted to do was just write scripts. Like that's pretty much all I've ever wanted to do. But I started mm-hmm. with like the acting and theater and like that whole thing. But mm-hmm. it, it became more about making films and writing visual stories. But, you know, mm. these days it's kind of a dark path to go into because especially for some folks, you know, it, it gets really difficult to break into that industry in particular. But now that we have online stuff happening, do you think that films as we knew them are are no longer like the big thing to do? Is it something still worth pursuing? It's still worth pursuing because when I, all my scripts I'm writing, like literally are movies I want to make, but mm. they're going to cost too much. So I'm going to make them at the comic book first mm-hmm. and then I'm going to build an audience around that. And then I'm going to still shoot my movies. Like I, mm. I feel like um, they're still worth going after. Like if you want to make a movie, don't let nothing stop you. I don't care. <laughs> they talking about, oh, well, streaming's going to hurt the indie artists. I'm like, actually is kind of helping us on a level because it helps us build our catalog easier and puts uh-huh. it in front of people easier. Yeah. Like I don't care if you can put it on Tubi. If you can put ten of your movies on Tubi, you <laughs> alright. You're good. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. What Martin Scorsese say? It doesn't have to be seen at the Odeon. It has to be seen. That's it. Period. If you can, huh. if you can get people to see your work, it doesn't have to come out in a big theater. But if you, if it does, then you got lucky. Yeah. Or you were prepared. You feel what I'm saying? But like if you can get people to watch your stuff on their television. They know your name. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that like in this day and age, we don't really have an excuse, right? It's almost like you, you have to do your reps before you get to actually do the thing, but that's all on you. Right. I mean, because nobody's going to come and pluck you out of obscurity to, 
to be like this superstar kind of filmmaker. Do you think that we we can do better in terms of of just developing our own stuff and and being independent enough to just start our own thing? Like, or is that the right way for anyone or for everyone to do it that way? Uh, I think everybody has their own path. Some people want the machine behind them. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like I particularly don't. I have ideas that can help them, but yeah. I feel like I can be Disney by myself. <laughs> yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. If I get enough money and hire people and like the right people and like, uh, darker skinned people that look like me and mm-hmm. like other uh, minority cultures. Yeah. That's my focus. Like, I don't want us to wait on uh, somebody to pull us up. Yeah. It should be one of us already looking to do that. Mm-hmm. That's like on our level already. Like, they, like my mind state is like, oh, I'm going to become a Netflix slash Disney. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to help people that look like me and darker skinned cultures. So like, why not? You feel what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, people could have the machine behind them, but I want to stay independent. And when I do get some type of big, I still want to break away from all of that because mm-hmm. I'm trying to create something totally new. I don't want to follow, like, like I said before, even the comic books from film to music, I don't want to follow this like idea of like success is uh, like uh, you, you're alone in this and and when you get to the top, there's no room, mm. like ain't no room at the <laughs> bottom. So like, <laughs> so like we can expand the idea of what's room or what's success. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah, like, yeah. I just want to change. I just want to be the change. And that's a good way to look at it, man. Now, looking at your story that, that you're uh, pushing on Kickstarter right now, I'm really excited to talk to you about that because the premise alone, like I was hanging out with my wife last night, we're, we're looking at the Kickstarter stuff and the premise alone was like, holy shit, that could be a really, really awesome thing that needs to happen. You know, a cosmic sledgehammer, is that what you called it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you got to give me a little bit about the story and where it came from, because it's really exciting. I'm going to uh, pull up the Kickstarter and read to you. Okay. Uh, then after I read this to you, I'm going to go off on the tangent because I got to get deeper into it. No, that's right. I love that. Uh, heavy as the hand. It started off as a script because I finished it. And um, when I finished it, I was like, man, like I have my, uh, because I call myself an auteur and I know people don't like that term because what it represents, but as a black man and a black per- person, I, we, I want to be, be able to take stories and see them through my eyes and see them through my mind. And so I'm taking that word and using it a different way. So if I ever like get famous or anything, which it's not important to me, but if people start to know my name, I'm going to say I'm an auteur and I, I'm going to try to change the definition of like the harmful definition of it into something more helpful. Like uh, uh, I feel like an auteur is a person that does collaborate and he knows that it's just particularly he finds people that really helps him see his vision. That's mm-hmm. all. Like it, he doesn't control everything. Yes. His name might be on it, but m- w- when I do it, I'm a, I'm a highlight other people's names. Mm-hmm. That, that's just the type of person I am. But mm-hmm. uh, let me, yeah, yeah, go. Off subject, my fault. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, it's called he- heavy as the hand. It's a, a supernatural cosmic horror uh, action thriller, a revenge story. Okay. It's about a black woman who denies a deal with the influential and powerful group. Her 
family is killed and she's left for dead. Somebody unknown heals her back into health and like she finds this family heirloom, which is a cosmic sledgehammer. And it, it, it's passed down from her great, 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 great grandmother, which was a shaman warrior priestess from her tribe. And mm. she will use that to get vengeance that she desires so greatly. Mm. She is seen as a mythical serial killer in this story. And the story is seen through the eyes of a homicide detective. Oh, Holy shit. Yeah, that is that is such a great turn, because when you when you look at these kinds of stories, it's it's exciting because you have the different perspective and it's almost like the person of color doesn't have the perspective right away. But I, I imagine that you're kind of revealing a little bit more of what mm-hmm. you know your protagonist is going through. But that's a really interesting idea to go off of uh, the other perspective of the investigators. So it's going to be kind of like mm-hmm. a mystery, right? Yeah. It- in a way, because they're trying to figure out, like, okay, everything that happened, like, when the story starts, it starts literally in the middle of everything. It doesn't start in the beginning. Mm. So, like, if I finish this whole thing, I can go back and write something like, what what, what, what I missed? Uh-huh. So, like, it starts in the middle of her revenge. Like, she already took some people out okay. already. Like, I feel like I'm an angel, and I'm just popped in in her life and mm-hmm. i'm like oh this what you're doing <laughs> you, you know <laughs> yeah but like she she's in the middle of revenge and like she's close so that's how the story starts mm-hmm. it already has that kind of momentum it's already going full mm-hmm. speed ahead yeah, yeah yes already happened and like the, the detectives are already in this investigation mm-hmm. like it's in the middle of it and everything and like it starts off with like oh man it starts off with like stuff happening already like it's just like yeah but uh so what what are you um planning to do in terms of of the the volumes that that you're doing is this going to be like a like a limited series you know or limited run where you're going to do a number of chapters like you already got things lined up or is this going to be an ongoing project well this one is going to be like okay it's going to probably stop at like issue four i would say okay and be, 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 because I'm treating all my comic books for real, like movies, mm-hmm. l- l- like I'm the director and like this movie's done, then I'm gonna make a sequel, then I'll make a prequel, <laughs> or I can make be, 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 <laughs> like be, running because, it, run it into the ground, right? You don't want to do yeah. that. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, I don't want to run it into the ground. Uh, I just want to leave the story where it stands when it ends. And then if I do make a sequel, which I am, because I'm, I'm looking at how Disney make their Marvel movies. But I think I can I can take that blueprint and make it a little better um, and just like put my story to it and my heroes and like. But, yeah, this is going to be a standalone movie. It is going to have a sequel and prequels because people are going to want to know where the hammer really came from. Right. Right. So um, is where did where did you get this um, this notion of of the um the backstory to the hammer you know like uh, how how does that kind of tie into to what you believe or or how you feel about your culture like where does that come from my great 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 grandmother um which is her her name is caddy hart i use her name as the main character mm. and um she was full-blooded indigenous okay nice so, so like 
it kind of pulls a lot from that. I don't know a lot about that because, you know, how uh, black people passes, a lot was cut off. Yeah, yeah. So, like, but she knew and she told what she could tell to my grannies. Mm-hmm. But, like, they didn't even know much. Yeah. So, like, but that they, they, they knew who she was, though. So, like, I'm just trying to c- connect some things and, like, in my own way for right now and um the way i feel comfortable and um mm-hmm. because i like because when i'm writing a story i it, it it's almost like i wasn't writing the story in a way it was like i was just li- li- listening okay yeah. yeah so like it was more like talking to my ancestors like okay what what happened even though it, this could be some type of alternate universe I'm asking them what happened. It's not my story. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm just trying to relay a message. Yeah. Um. But but the hammer, yeah. The the hammer is the idea of like um, like uh, power and lo- like stability and like um, to not be afraid. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um, yeah. So, um, who is this project for? Like, who's the typical or the ideal audience for this? Whoever likes it. Like, I, it's one thing, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't like Quentin Tarantino that much, but I like his movies, but at the same time, I don't like his dialogue sometimes. But mm-hmm. it's one thing he said. Um, he said, write the movie for literally you. Mm-hmm. And, like, whoever likes it, then that's your audience like mm-hmm. it's like whoever like just feels like oh i love this idea or like i love this comic book i can't re- really say i can say it's for a cosmic horror crowd or a supernatural crowd or an action thriller crowd but you it, it when i finish it w- the way i wrote it it changes throughout it it starts off as a a detective story then it turns into uh uh, cosmic horror and supernatural and then it turns to an action through like so mm-hmm. like it might lose some people but it <laughs> might gain some people but it might lose some people again so like my thing is like i it's like genre bending i can't really tell what audience of fall in love with it mm-hmm. it might be some some weird kid like me that'll love it yeah, but like, we. Wow, this, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no, no you, you go ahead. No, I was just going to agree because uh, there's there's a lot of us weird kids who who really need something that is outside the box for people of color. Who mm-hmm. you know, we we need those types of heroes to kind of look up to, or the at least those those images, so that we can see ourselves in that in that project, in that story. Even now, I I think that we've gotten a lot better at it, you know, as a, as a Mm -hmm. entertainment industry, I guess you could say, but I think there could be more, you know, I think we could Mm -hmm. get some more of those stories, but in terms of your, your comics production company, that group that you started, is this going to be the beginning of more comic books or is this a one-off that you wanted to try in the comic, comic book world? Now, this is the beginning of a whole whole multiverse. Like, I already got stories up lined up. They probably not, might not every story going to be like a horror, cosmic horror, but mm. like, it's I'm working on the heist one. I'm working on a one that's a lot like remnants of like uh, Lord of the Rings, but on our level. Mm-hmm. 
but like I'm just tr- trying to make this world into like something like mm-hmm. m- my world, m- my multiverse is based on cosmic horror. So anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Things can c- come in beyond our comprehension, but mm-hmm. we still have these people with powers in there. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, it, it's not regular people facing cosmic horror things. Mm-hmm. So like th- they are regular people, but they have powers and they have the potential to grow. They're not really heroes because they can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But all my characters will have the potential to grow. I don't want them staying stagnant. Like I would watch Batman or Superman and for 40 years, they're, they're the same person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, no, they're going to like these people have to grow. I, it's like a Petri dish. I'm watching them grow. I'm watching them make decisions that I can't tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when, so when you're writing or when you're crafting stories, is it like you just follow the characters? Do you think that's kind of your, your writing intuition? Like that's where you got to go or do you ever plot things out or does it depend on the project? How does that work for you? I mean, in my head, I'll plot things out like, oh, I want this to happen. Like we all do, do, do that first. Cause we'll think of the, think of the idea like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But when I make the characters, the world is set now hmm. and the character ultimately does make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. I do want to be like, Oh, go this way. But she'll be like, or he'll be like, no, mm-hmm. I want to do this and this and this. And I'll be like, it's almost like I'm talking to another person. It's weird. So like it, it and people are like, well, how would you do that? That's, <laughs> that sounds like that. That sounds like schizophrenia. Like, no, no. It's almost like, uh like you're channeling right you're you're channeling that that point of view so like they drop in this world and like i'm writing their dialogue as they speaking to me but Mm -hmm. like they're not actually talking to me they're just living their life and the situations they're in and it evolves into something else sure sure so looking at uh where did you grow up in st louis too or no uh or, i i was born in belleville but like i'm from east st louis and i moved around the area oh okay. but uh i lived in st louis before but like i'm not from there oh okay so where do you call home what's what's home to you now uh right now belleville okay do you think that that home or your community makes its way into your stories or is that something that you say you know what i'm creating a whole separate world i'm not going to include the real world or is is your writing something that it that is inspired by the place where you grew up in or the place where you came from? In a way, yeah, like like it is inspired in a way, but this world is worse. <laughs> this <laughs> so, world is like where she's at. Well, she's in America, but I don't like know what state. Like it's almost like I just know she's in this city. You you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like they don't have police well they do have police but like it's mainly paramilitary on the streets now oh okay throughout all my stories like through Mm -hmm. the modern stories though yeah but like um and they all like look like cobra it's weird so like (laughs) um (laughs) so cobra was uh yeah it was something that uh inspired you yeah in a way uh from gi joe yeah yeah them because of uh they wanted plans of world domination so like i was like well what if i made like (laughs) 
what if I made our government like that? Not too far off. But mm. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can see where you're it, going with that now. Yeah. And then now we, we're in this world where we have to make decisions based on, for real, on who we are as a people. Like, because now we're in this type of government that's like, look at us a certain way. Yeah, because we're Black sometimes, but it, it's a lot by the rules, too. So, like, mm-hmm. now she has these powers and I'm going to have other minority superheroes, but that's going to be in the future because right now I'm trying to focus on, like, Black people's stories and then I'm going to blossom out. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, right now in this universe, that's where it's at. You're not going to see a lot of, like, um, uh, militarized people yet in this story, mm. but they're around. Right. So it's a, it's just you're starting with a little piece of the pie, right? A little piece of the puzzle and then, you know, mm-hmm. planting those clues for some other stuff that's going to be coming in. I imagine other stories, other issues and, and things like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Now, you mentioned, sorry, I'm, I'm really excited about this, but I wanted to ask you about some past projects because I, I think that's it's so useful to me because I selfishly want to like pick your brain about how you create, how you make stuff. You mentioned you you designed clothes or you did you did clothing stuff, clothing brand mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, that's you. That's you. What you're wearing yeah. right there. Okay. Prophecy Comics. Prophecy Comics. There we go. And I'm sorry we're not doing video. I'm just getting the audio from this, but you know, no, maybe, cool. maybe we should. Uh, <laughs> but how does that start for you? I mean, uh, what's what's the interest there to to do some clothing? Is that just purely marketing or is that something like another way to express or, or create stuff? Another way to create stuff, and I just got tired of wearing Nike and all that, and just <laughs> no, for real, it's just, just like I was just looking around, and we were going through the phase of black on this and black on that, like mm-hmm. yeah, like we gotta we we gotta start somewhere. So I just said took up to myself one day, how about I just like make my own clothes if I can, make my own shoes, mm-hmm. everything, like like I don't want to wear nobody else stuff, like <laughs> in it. And if I do, it's probably hand me down. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you're you're just kind of getting rid of the um, the value of those larger companies. Focus on on your own expression, and that's just another outlet to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So, have you worked on some some collaborative film projects or done anything like that with folks where you're at? Uh, well, I worked on a short film, but I was sound. I was a sound guy. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a, a, a static shock short film mm. uh, by David Kirkman. Oh, okay. So it should be around, yeah. right? Somewhere, somewhere on the internet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, went viral, and like, like he has other things. Like he made an icon uh, short film. Oh, okay. Uh, he made. Uh, he just uh, put. A, uh, I think a trailer out for uh, a static shock casualties award, mm. um, mm. and like he. He's been making uh, his first feature indie film right now, and okay. you know he cool. he's a cool guy. He's nice. a cool guy. So, what do you think we have to learn from the people that we collaborate with? Like, what what's the takeaway and the ones that you've uh, had in the past? Be open, listen, mm-hmm. like like all all our perspectives have weight. Mm-hmm. Just be open to listen. Yes, you. Yes, I can talk all I want, but it won't mean that <laughs> if I can't listen to nobody else. Yeah. yeah. So. No, that's that's amazing, man. It, it just sounds like you you got a lot of awesome stuff going on, and I I really can't wait for your uh, comic book to come out. I think it's going to be really really exciting. When you were younger, did you have 
a creative family? Did you have anyone in, in your family that you looked up to in that way? Or, or did you not come from a, uh, that kind of background? Oh, not a lot of people in my family was creative. Uh, mm. Only one person that like pushed me towards like music was my older cousin. His name was Tim. Mm. And like uh, he had moved away somewhere. But, uh, you know, I'm going to meet up with him one day. You know, people yeah. like to get, get away into their own lives. So. Yeah, sure. But like he inspired me the most, mm-hmm. like not just to think differently. Yeah. But to open my mind to things and um and like he opened my mind to different things like, like I said so like it's just I think he helped the way I think today he didn't like like push me but like he helped me develop that as in like now I can like look at things a different way right like like from a worldview yeah for sure or from a u- universe view however people want to take that just out of curiosity, like where you're at, is it a place that people kind of want to leave or that they want to stick around? Because I'm I'm from Wyoming. I'm Mexican, but like I was raised in the state of Wyoming where nothing happens. <laughs> so like, you know, a lot of my life is like, oh, I should go. And then I went somewhere else and then I came back. Is is your town kind of like that kind of vibe where people just want to bail on it? Well, yeah, Belleville, they're like, ain't nothing here. You can leave and come back. Same thing will be happening. Like um, East St. Louis. Like, yeah, people just want to leave because it's, it's, it's crazy. Mm. Like I would say the, the violence. Yeah. Um, mm. but, uh, I feel like, like, like I want to be able to, when I get enough money, I know money don't fix the problem, but I want to fix where I'm from. I want to, you know, so I'll, you like your home. You're not looking to run away from your home or, you know, go somewhere else, you know, or stuff uh, like that. Oh, no, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not a Hollywood person. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably shake a hand or two, sure. but like I'm, I'm going back to the country and <laughs> I'm going to buy a whole bunch of land and just do what Stanley Kubrick did. There you go. Make movies on my land. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a way to do it. I mean, I think that would be the best place. Cause you, you get a sense that like stuff from New York or LA, it always kind of ends up looking the same and it ends up being like a celebration of those cities. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I love a lot of the stuff that comes out of there, but at the same time, it's like, we kind of have seen this before. Like, why mm-hmm. isn't there a, a movie that takes place in East St. Louis? Or why isn't there a movie that takes place in the Rocky Mountains or in Wyoming or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, there's brown people over here, too. You know, there's like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's there's a lot of possibility now. Um, but that's exciting because that means that you just kind of want to keep doing your own thing. And I think you're right. You know, it's like sometimes we just got to do it low budget or start on our own way. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, if, if we're doing something interesting, the people will come. But I, I wanted to ask you, because I, I want to be respectful of your time too. like, why do you think we need to do this? You know, and, and I, I want to ask you personally, have you ever had a moment where you just want to stop doing this stuff? Like, I don't want to be creative anymore. I just want to get a regular job. And not have to deal with any of this stuff, you know. Do you ever have those days? <laughs> I mean, I probably got to get a job this week. <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, I want to just create for real, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, man, lot, like, I can be like, yeah, stop and get down to five, and I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. But like sometimes we have to and we don't got a choice i'm not like i don't got a rich family or like i'm not saying it to bash anybody else but like 
because I wish I had money in the bank <laughs> just so, yeah, so I could do sure. what I need to do. But uh, now everybody have that. So like, we got to work and uh, save up and mm. do the normal life for a while so we could actually cultivate it. Like, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing while I'm working, uh-huh. but like, it's yeah. just going to be more stressful because right. I got nine to five. <laughs> No, for sure. I mean, and, and that's kind of like the, the big battle that I'm having, you know, like I have a family, I got a wife and, and child and, um, that's, mm-hmm. that's my life now, you know, like you, you take care of like the priority of staying alive, right. And, and making sure that you're providing, <laughs> and then you have a little slice of time where you can, you can kind of do some of this stuff, but it's inspiring because no matter what, we got to keep moving forward. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no reason to stop doing this if it makes your soul happy right if it it makes you complete i wanted to ask you about um social media like do you navigate that okay do you think that that's a necessity for creatives like we just got to be pouring ourselves out all the time and just posting because i'm i'm at a loss for words here on this i don't know if there's a balance for this or if this just comes with the territory now what's what's your strategy what are you looking to do there uh i'm uh how i did do it i treat it just like the music right so like, yeah, anybody can go listen to your music now. You mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? But like, take over the local scene first. And then when you get enough, you don't got to get everybody. But when you get a nice crowd, mm-hmm. then start marketing outside them mm-hmm. and then more outside them. So when you like post stuff, they'll see it and different yeah. people will see it. So they're not the only ones interacting. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's necessary, but like, I feel like it shouldn't be um, a definite thing of our life. Like, look at Drake or anybody else or uh, Jay-Z. They don't post. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like... Uh... I'm talking about from the beginning <laughs> of their careers, they don't post. Sure. And they only post when an album comes out. Even that, they probably don't even post when an album could come out. So you think... We should just vote. Fo- oh, sorry. Yeah, we overestimate the impact mm-hmm. of social media. And maybe we can, we, we have a little bit of time to step back from <laughs> that yeah. pressure of, cause that's, that's the cycle that I'm at where I'm just like, I gotta post, I gotta post something. But when you were doing music, did you rap or did you write songs on your own primarily? Or did you work with other people when you were in that scene? Or if you're still, oh, no. if you still are. Oh yeah. I still make music and stuff, but like, uh, n- now it's like mainly for, like I, I did make music for myself mm. and I still do. Yeah. And like, uh, but like now it's just like, oh, if I made a film, a lot of that's going to go towards that. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so like, but like, um, yeah, I wrote a lot of music myself and like, uh, hip hop, alternative hip hop, alternative blues. I call it alternative blues. Mm. So it's like, it's like, it, it's like experimental. Yeah. Very yeah. experimental. And like, almost like bon Iver again but it's like sure, sure. like i said before I, i'm taking pieces and mm-hmm. doing my own thing do you have any favorite moments when you were performing or you were recording where you felt like magic was happening like a specific song or a collaboration when you were doing some music you know my cousin and my friend we made a lot of music together and uh yes uh we had this uh project called we are the fan base and it was just like we made music for ourselves and like it sounded like that we were famous like no straight up it was like like the music (laughs) sound like we we deserve to be on the stage but like 
it didn't like blow up or do that well, but like at least we love what what we did, and I felt like that was magical right there. Oh yeah, yeah, I bet. Is there a lot of competition in in the scene where you were at uh, in terms of getting in a venue or or performing? Like, is there ever pressure there uh, from other groups, or or is it just like, hey, make your own opportunity? Is that kind of what was going on? Well, uh, yeah, right now it is make your own opportunity now. Like if you got enough money to rent the venue, it, it's yours. Like mm. go perform, bring people. Yeah. Like back back then it was mainly like promoters, like, oh, pay, uh, sell these tickets and we'll let you perform. But now mm-hmm. we're in the mindset of like, we could just rent the venue yeah. for anything. Like we, we can do anything like it just don't have to be a rap show it mm-hmm. could be a movie premiere slash music uh thing yeah like or it could be this or that like i i just feel like like you said um we're in the the area of creating our own opportunities now mm-hmm. it's a very inspiring time man but i want to ask you one more question because i think this is one of my favorite questions and it's super hokey but i gotta i gotta ask it though okay why do we need the arts? Uh, to stop me from becoming a crazy philosopher, <laughs> which I already am, but it helps more <laughs> because without it, I'll just be that person like how the old Egyptians were teaching Plato them how to do stuff. And nobody understands what I say except for them. And I'm like, ah, oh, nah, this can't work. This can't work. Yeah, I, yeah. So, so it's better. And even just beyond me, people need it because they get depressed easily mm-hmm. and they need some, they need a release. Mm-hmm. Like some people just want to be entertained. That, that's why we need it. Some people want to see stuff new. Some, some people, it's not about entertainment. Sometimes it's about cinema. It's about, wow, look at this. Like they just want to see something being created. And mm-hmm. if we didn't have that, I feel like the world would be different. Like, like even in a apocalypse scenario, art would help us thrive mm-hmm. because we wouldn't always be at each other's necks. Oh, somebody can make music. Oh, cool. Oh, somebody <laughs> can paint. Oh, cool. If it wasn't none of that, our minds would be somewhere else. Like for real, like, like on another level, like uh, stay alive. Yeah. I mean, we're already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. Do you think that your community specifically could be better off with more arts? Yes, we need it. We, we need more. Like, we have music where I'm at, but I want, like, to, if I could, build a p- performance art school, like, one day and, like, put kids in there, of uh, uh, black kids, you know, Mexican kids, any dark-skinned culture in there and just let them do them. Mm. And, and I know people are coming at me like, but what about white kids and all this? But I'm like, well, we don't have none of that. And I'm not saying uh, poor white kids can't come, but I'm saying like where I'm from, they don't, they literally don't have that. So like, I, I just want to present the opportunity. And if white kids, poor white kids do come, I'm not going to shot them away. You, you feel what I'm saying? But I'm just trying to build a foundation where, it can, they could be they could be anything they want. They don't have to be in the entertainment business. They, they, they it'll just be a school for whatever path they want to go. Absolutely, man. 
That's a really awesome note to end on. Now, just for the sake of anyone who's listening, where can we find you? Where where do you um, post your stuff online? Is it Twitter mostly, or are you in, in other social media? Yeah, I'm in other social media, but like I post mainly on Twitter. Okay. All right. So like Pro- Prophecy Comics, Prophecy Comics, my profile picture is a white background with a red mushroom cloud. All right, here we go. I'm going to make sure to link all that stuff in the description of the episode, too, so that people know how to find you. I'm going to post a link to the uh, Kickstarter as well, so I hope uh, folks will check it out because it's a really, really awesome story that's in the works. And so I hope that you get the support you need for that, man, because it's going to be awesome when it comes out. Um, Thank you. Thank is, you. It launches December 1st. December 1st. December 1st, folks. Check it out. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, sir? Just a uh, competition thing. I'm going to say, I'm coming for you, DC and Marvel. <laughs> there we go. Shots <laughs> fired, man. Shots fired. I appreciate your time, man. It's uh, a really a pleasure to meet you. And uh, I hope that we get to talk again when uh, the there's further developments. I'll be, I'll be around, but I wish you the best, man. It's going to be great. Man, man, same to you. I appreciate this opportunity for you letting me out. All right, man. I'm going to... Stop recording, but let me let me talk to you for one sec. Take care, man. All right. All right.